want to um, thank our panelists for being part of this mental health faith discussion today. As we get started, in case there are some who may not know, um, some of us up on stage, we want to go around and introduce ourselves just briefly and share uh, our, our name and, and kind of what we're up to in life right now. I am Pastor Travis Patterson, pastor for church and, or excuse me, for family and children's ministries here at Keene Church. Um, recently, I've been uh, intrigued by mental health as I've been part of a clinical pastoral education unit at Hughley Hospital. And so I really appreciate the invitation to be a part of this today. Starting that in. I am April Chisholm Snyder. I am here as discipleship pastor. And yeah, that's it. Hello, uh, testing. All right. Uh, my name is Jonathan Lewis. Uh, I am just here. I'm existing. Uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, no, not a student exactly, you know, student of life, if anything, right, you know, right. just trying to enjoy, uh, the, you know, the way things go, the ebbs and flows, uh, trying to work on uh, physical therapy. Okay. So hopefully that is a, a, a goal accomplished within the next few years. Awesome. Uh, my name is Princess Music. Um, I am now a senior nursing student at Amen. Southwestern. Praise the Lord. This semester was rough. But yeah, that takes up a lot of my time. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm, I'm blessed to be here. Amen. Glad you're here. And beside Princess? All right. My name is Cassie Casabona. I am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, my current role uh, allows me to work with um, refugee and immigrant families. And so that's what I do on my regular day to day. Uh, my husband, Ruben, is one of the uh, pastors here in the media and communications department. Fantastic. All right. It's glad to hear more about you because we don't want to identify you just as Ruben's wife, right? Okay. So let's get into our discussion here today. Um, the holidays and mental health, an interesting, interesting pairing of concepts. So let's talk first. We ended last week with some great messages from April and Jonathan about these great expectations, these unmet expectations. So let's talk for just a second as we think about the holidays. And we're, we're talking in the context of Christmas, but it could be any holiday. Um, what are some things that we go into holidays expecting? Just shout out to me, whoever. What, what are some things that most of us expect going in? Gifts. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's true. Lots of, lots of family. Lots of family. Okay. Lots of family. Kind of the expectation, the hope that there's no drama, that everybody gets along. Okay. So a fun time, a yes, cheerful yes. time. Okay. Anything to add to that, April? I agree with Cassie. Yeah. We expect, you know, hopefully that this time of the year we can all get along Yes. You know, like at least this time of the year. Right. <laughs> put aside any differences just yeah, for this. Put aside yes. our differences and get along with each other. Yes. For the sake of baby Jesus. Let's just yeah. put those, let's those differences put aside, right? Differences aside. Um, <clears throat> but let's talk for a minute about the reality of what the holidays often end up being. For you and your experience, you can share a story or just a general general scenario. What is often the experience for many of us in the holidays? What does that unmet expectation look like? You can talk to that. Um, I live away from home. I have for many, many years. Um, so when I come home, it's a lot of questions. How's, how's life? What are you doing in life? How's school? What's going on with you? Um, last season, I went through a breakup. So I went home without my significant other. And, oh, why are you guys broken up? What, you know, what happened? Um, and so it can be very stressful having all those questions. And it's like, I just want to come home and relax. Like, but it often turns into to not that. Wow. 
I'm just curious real quick, how many uh, viewing out here would say they can relate to that going to a family function and there's too many questions. Don't, don't bug me. Oh yeah. Quite a few hands going up. Thank you for sharing. Uh, for me, uh, uh, the holiday season, particularly since for my parents, they always work during the holiday season. So usually just, you know, me and my, and my siblings, we just hang at home, just do nothing. And then we'll have, usually have our Christmas or New Year's like a day or two after because no, my parents were always working. So even now, me at, at my age, whenever the holiday season comes through, I'm like, ah, yeah, I get it. You know, I see everybody having fun. But for me, it's like, I, I don't want to say it's just another day, mm. but it's like, uh, it's, I don't get to spend the time like every other family does because mm. they're still having to work anyway. So for me, it's like, oh, you know, it's just, it's holiday season. I'll see my, my family when I have time to, mm. but if I can't, it's, there's always next season. You yeah. know? I don't, I don't ever want it to be like that. I never thought it would get to that point of that, but you know, situ every family is different. Every situation is different. So yeah. therefore it's like, you know, I personally, when I, I would hope to be there every, every season, my kids would be like, yo, we have every holiday on this day, just like everyone else does, you know? So that's how I see it. Okay. So does that, let me, let me dig a little deeper on that. Does that provide any extra layer of, of, of sadness or, or anxiety, perhaps when you see people post on social media about the, their, their big uh, activities they do and the gift exchange and the big things that may not be a part always of your holidays? No, no, I don't see that. Uh, I don't see any type of jealousy or anything. Like some days I'll be like, man, I wish I was doing that right now, you yeah. know, in the moment. But for the most part, I, I couldn't be happier for other people to, to uh, enjoy a moment that I might not have experienced. Or when I see little kids do it, I'm like, like, I wish I had that, but yo, I'm happy for you because this is uh, something you could build on, you know? And even now, like, uh, my, you know, my fiance, she makes sure that every holiday season, I'm not, I always experience it the way that she does, you know? And I'm like, yo, you're, you're taking the time to do this. Like, you don't have to, like, it's just Christmas. It's like, no, it's not just Christmas. You have to do this. You have to do that. I'm like, okay. So this year I actually got into the full holiday spirit. So right now I'm even wearing the you know, holiday colors and everything. And I'm like, yep. I'm we, in it for this year. We noticed that. You come dressed, man. That's awesome. All right. Any other things? What? Are, what? Are, anybody else? I think sometimes when I, you know, when I look at social media, I get a little overwhelmed by what I see and like what is portrayed. Even though I know, even though I know it's not perfect, it looks so perfect. And especially if my life at the moment is not living up to what I think it should not necessarily because some, some social media things don't like register with me because it's not something that I crave. It's not something that I want, but there are times where it's like, I'm not in the best season. Like for me, I'm a student and I'm working and it's just very hard to keep up with everything. And then the expectations that I feel like people have for me. And so when I see everybody having it all together and it looks really good, I do feel like slightly like anxious <laughs> and even depressed, even like, wow, why am I not, why haven't I arrived? Why am I, am I doing something wrong? Am I not where I need to be? And that's why that's why this is the way I'm feeling. And is it because God is good for them, but I'm God, I'm not experiencing God's goodness. Like I, I do have those questions quite often around the holidays. Yeah. I think, um, I was going to share a little bit, um, similar to what April experiences where, um, I, I come from a family that's very loving, very welcoming. Everybody's, you know, excited to be there for Christmas. Um, but sometimes I remember like as a child specifically going and feeling like I needed to be more 
or do more than maybe who I just am naturally. Um, so I tend to be a little more quiet, laid back, whereas my family is very loud and outgoing. And I felt like, okay, I need to be a little funnier. I need to find a way to put myself out there and engage more. And so it caused a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of stress when I was going into those situations where I knew I was going to be interacting with a lot of people. And that wasn't necessarily my comfort area. Good point. So it can even challenge our identity or, or, or make us question our identity. Who am I? Why do I feel the, the pressure to be somebody that I'm, I'm not? Yes. Uh, you know, Jonathan McReynolds actually has a song called uh, Comparison Kills. Yeah. And man, I was actually, I was listening to it on the way over. If I, is it okay if I share some of the lyrics just real quickly? All right. So it's, it's actually really interesting because it says where I can only speak from our world where almost everyone has what they need. Other nations live with sickness, but over here we die from jealousy. It makes you chase what's not meant to be chased because you've possessed it all. It comes to still. It hides what's real. Comparison kills. And I'm like, and when we look at social media, brought it up. Like, it's so easy to see, like, you know, the extravagant stuff and this and that. Like, like I see that Christmas tree up there, right? And then you might have someone else in another house that has an even bigger Christmas tree. And you're like, oh, man, I wish, I wish my tree was like that. <laughs> you know, but then again, you have to think about it. Like there are other people literally two streets over who don't have a tree, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so maybe they want to enjoy it too. You know, that's right. So there's always that moment of like, yo, I, I wish I was like that person. But just because the grass is greener over there doesn't mean it's better. Yeah. You know, right. sometimes your grass just needs a little bit more water. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, isn't it intriguing that specifically for Christmas, we're celebrating a holiday about our savior who was born in the lowliest of places, the poorest of places. And we get this anxiety or this comparison syndrome from those who are taking grand trips or have these great experiences that we're unable to have. And, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I believe what I'm hearing is that the holidays are simply, it's not that they create necessarily new emotions or, or, or anxieties or, or, or depression, but they are a catalyst to pull out and exaggerate things that are already there underneath us in, in our life. Is that fair to say? I feel like the holiday seasons can sometimes bring out uh, certain insecurities in a sense, you know, because like, like you were just saying, like, you know, you have the grand trips and all the lights, all the flashy stuff like during the year, like, begin, like after like, the holiday season, January, February, March, I don't know, the rest of the months, like, you know, that's just the lead up, you know. Because the holiday season where everyone gets to pop out and then not to be honest, you know, fall and winter is also when you see a lot of engagements pop out, too, you know. Mm -hmm. So then now everyone else is like uh, doing like just to pull what uh, Pastor April said, like everyone else is like, yo, this person got engaged. But like they just got together like a year or two ago. Like I've been doing this for a long time or like or uh, like, oh, they're moving too slow. Maybe I should you know, hurry up. Like there's a whole like moving to other people's drum is happening. So sometimes you just have to find your own beat. And that's where the whole, like, when you're trying to do whatever other people are doing, you kind of lose sight of what God has planned for you, you know? Because sometimes it's the, like, there's a Bible verse that says, like, the steps are ordered, you know? The steps are there, but if you, if you fall out of step, you know, like, you might uh, end up on the wayward, on the wayside, you know? Sometimes the path is, like, right there in front of you. And if you look over here, you're going to go that way, you know? So yeah. Thank you. Um, I was in a, a spirituality group with some uh, behavioral health patients recently, and we were talking about a view of God. And 
Um, many, many of them had a Christian faith, Christian upbringing, and they all spoke very positively about God. And there was this one girl in the corner that was just kind of curled up in her chair, um, lingering. And, and, and she, and she said, I've got to just speak up here and just disagree. We said, sure, go ahead and share. And her comment was this. She said, now this doesn't relate to Christmas, but it was still a, a tradition and a holiday of sorts. She says that every year on my birthday, I would blow out the candles and I would blow out the candles wishing for one thing. I wanted the, uh, the physical and sexual abuse that was happening in my life as a child to stop. And I prayed every year for that to happen. And every year it didn't. So now birthdays, I don't like. It's a reminder that God isn't listening to me. Whoa. So you hear stories like that, and we don't have the time to unpack that all theologically. There are some, some, some good principles in Scripture that tell us about God waiting with us and being with us in our dark times. But I just want to linger on that for a moment and just say, um, what do we do with those, those very difficult memories, people who, who, who lose loved ones at the holidays? What do we do with that emotion, that mourning, that grief, that anxiety or depression that may come with those moments? counseling classes and chaplaincy classes were really, really good about this. And I'm sure like in the CPE, you, you get a lot of resources and tools on how to work with people. And, um, I know that pastor Travis and I've talked about this at length about the ministry of presence and being with someone and not promising them something that's not tangible for them, but being the tangible promise in the space with them. And also, um, clarifying that it is okay to be sad and God still be good. It's okay to be experiencing something and God still love you. And, you know, one of my friends lost his mother very recently and very suddenly, and he was so distraught about it. And he says, I know the promises in the Bible. I know what God says, but I'm so horribly broken up. And I said, both of those can exist at the same time. It's okay to grieve and still believe that God is good. It's okay to ask why and still know that the answer may not come immediately. Thank you. Yes. Are there any rest of you have any other comments on that to, to share or, or, or scenarios? Um, it just made me think about, I have a, in my past experience as a therapist, I was working with one of my, one of my clients who was a um, female pastor at the time. And one of the, her biggest issues that she was struggling with was when she was out and about with people in her congregation, she felt like she was the person that God created her to be. She felt like she was great. But then at home, she had this kind of other side, as she described it, of herself where she um, would lash out at her family. Like she'd say ugly things. She'd, her anger would come very quickly. And her thought about God was that he didn't really look upon her favorably because she was this way because she had these things going on. And so when we think about kind of our mental health and um, how that intersects with our faith, I think how we um, view God, how we perceive him affects our mental health, same as um, our mental health can affect maybe how we believe in God or see him to be. That's powerful. So what I hear you saying is that, that she, because of her, what I would say would be a, a, a not full or a, or a not a clear picture of who God is and his character caused her more anxiety or depression uh, because of that misunderstanding. So our theology informs our or improves our mental health. It doesn't erase 
problems, but it it is there as a, as a great tool to give us the right picture of who God is. Yeah. So what do we do? We we're, many of us are, are believers here in this space, and and we're, our question today is about faith and mental health, that intersection. So what do we do? when these emotions arise in our own lives. There's kind of two things we're dealing with here. I want to examine both of them. First of all, in our own life, if, if we are that person dealing with anxiety or depression right now, what do we do with that in a faith context? It's very easy to look at it and, and, and be angry at God, depressed, leave God, retreat, and, and, and not encounter God during those moments. So how do we handle that? Something that I intentionally do when I have those moments is I erase my social media apps. Um, and I, and I try to set a schedule. It's not always, it doesn't always work. Um, but I try to set a schedule. I'm going to sleep eight hours. I'm going to, the things that you just kind of forget to do when you're kind of in those mental spaces. Um, and I focus on those things. Okay. I'm, I'm going to read my Bible and that's, I try to make those things my focus instead of focusing on maybe what be going, what's going on internally. Um, cause I'm really in the past, I'm really good about just sleeping and not, not thinking about anything. I'm just going to sleep. Um, but you know, waking up and trying to do things with intention and just checking off my list. And it's just simple check marks. But then when I look back, I'm like, I'm so glad I did those things. I'm so glad I went outside. I'm so glad I opened my Bible. I'm so glad I turned my phone off. And, you know, just, it just helps me through those hard times. Sounds like boundaries is what you're saying. Clear boundaries, setting margin in your life. Yeah. I think what it is too, there is a a good balance between uh, mental health and faith. Like you can have the greatest of faith but still be going through something so hard at the same time. Like there, there can be a way to kind of to navigate that. And sometimes the, what I've, what I've found is that sometimes doing the, the work, you know, and sometimes a lot of people don't like to hear, a lot, like, a lot of people don't understand the concept of like mental health in the terms of, oh, well, um, oh, you're, you're mentally ill. No, that's, that's just, I'll just pray about it. You know, like I'll just, I'll just pray about it. But sometimes the person who's telling you you know, about their mental health issues, they came to you for a reason. So maybe you're the answer to the prayer, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's where we have to take it. Okay, well, I don't know what to do about it, but maybe I can find someone else who can. Okay. And sometimes doing the work, instead of just trying to say, oh, just based it straight on faith, not saying that God can't do it. God can always do it. But sometimes you can be the, you can be the connector between the source and the, the, the person, you know, to make sure that they get the help that they need. And by faith, if you help them the right way, They'll get, they'll get the help they need with God's assistance. I'm so glad you segued into that. We were about, our time is about up, but um, that is so important to realize because I've had family members who dealt with mental health and that was the knee-jerk reaction of many good Christians. Well-meaning, you know, well, well, I'll pray for you or you just pray about it or here's this Bible verse. Um, but we forget that great men and women of God dealt with these in the Bible as well, dealt with mental health issues. So as we, as we close today, um, I want to just ask, are there any more tips you would give for someone who encounters someone with mental health uh, uh, valleys over this holiday time? Because the myth is there that people, there's more suicides and depression. It's not really true, but these things can be triggers for certain individuals. So what would you say? Any closing words uh, for somebody who is in that valley right now? I agree with uh, Princess that turn off the, the triggers. Turn off the triggers. Know that other people in the Bible have suffered with this. David suffered greatly. Elijah suffered greatly. A lot of people have been through a lot of things and they're there. Job suffered greatly and his friends, 
they stayed and they had the ministry of presence with him for seven days and then they just couldn't control it and they had to open up their mouths and what the story would be so different if they had just sat there with him and then gone home you, you know and so know that you're not alone know that great men and women of faith in the bible have suffered through it and is there for you to read so that you know that god still loves you and he's still faithful to you amen well said can we close with a brief word of prayer Gracious Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you so much for the gift of Christmas for your son, Jesus. Lord, we know that he, above all beings that have ever existed, went from great contrast of beauty to great into great darkness. And so we know that he understands our, our base human emotions and our pain and our suffering. So Lord, thank you today through this discussion for reminding us and giving us permission to be okay with that, to settle in there and to, and to keep looking for hope and holding to you but Lord, help us, help us through those moments and help us to help our friends and our family through those moments. May you be very present during this Christmas season to give us the optimal mental health as we focus on you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.